Dr. Red, we're talking here today about PhD studies. Uh, over time, of course, um, as students go through our courses, once in a while we get a, a very uh, eager student who might be considering further postgraduate study after seminary. So what would you say to students now who are considering, hey, is the PhD option for me? What are some of the things that we should be thinking about if we're considering the PhD? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right. This is one that we get regularly and uh, so regularly, actually, that we there was a period of time where we did a seminar every year. And uh, I think we've done some version of that until recently, uh, just because of the pandemic, where we would just basically offer students an opportunity to come and talk about PhD work. And there's so many different ways of coming at it. Uh, there, there are some very romantic notions about the PhD out there. There are also some very cynical notions. And so I often feel like we're pushing back one way or the other on one of those one of those sides, you have people who are showing up and they see the PhD as just a piece of paper that they need to get so they can move on to what they believe their calling is, which is telling people what they ought to think. Um, and then you've got other people, right, who are coming in and they they have this, um, you know, imagined life of the scholar, which uh, often is very different from the reality of it. I usually ask a few questions. One of them is this, like, why do you, why do you want to do the PhD? And I will say a not small percentage is because people are not sure what they want to do. And this seems like a worthwhile thing to work on while you're figuring out what you want to do in life. Okay. Um, and for those folks that often say, you know, the PhD may not be the right route for you. It is, it is a grueling degree. If you get a real PhD, it's a grueling degree. It's going to be grueling on you. It's going to be grueling on your family. Uh, when I say real PhD, Dr. Sutanto smiled. What I mean by it's not something that's kind of like a, a phone-in kind of degree, which there are those out there, so be aware of it. Um, but if you get a real degree, it's it's going to be a lot of hard work. You're going to come out on the other end. You know, that day you defend, as one of my advisors told me, he said, you will be the world's leading expert on that topic the day you defend. The day after you defend, you may not be anymore, but the day you defend, you'll, you'll be it. And, and to get there, that's hard on you. It's hard on your family. It can be hard on your finances. That's not a good way to bide your time while you're trying to figure out what you want to do in life. And there are other great things to do. There's the, you know, a THM is a great degree after you finish your MDiv. You can get, spend a year doing more research. And even the doctor of ministry can be a good way, particularly if you're a pastor or you're in pastoral ministry, it's a good way to continue in your studies, to continue your scholarship, and yet is not as grueling as a research doctorate. Um so I usually kind of start off with that question. What's, what is your, what's your goal? And if they're saying, you know, no, I, I feel called to this. I feel like this is what I need to do. And, and this is what the Lord's called me to do. And I love it. And I've got the means and my family supports it. Because those are all, of course, very legitimate questions too. You know, then you need to consider, all right, so what kind of degree, what kind of research degree do I, do I need? What would serve me the best? given my age and, and stage in life? And, and our, our students are often aware that, you know, you do a degree in America and it's going to take a whole lot of, uh, you know, it's going to add two or maybe three years onto your scholarship because you have to do more coursework. Even if you've got a master's degree from seminary, you still have to go do coursework. I had to do three years of coursework in the Semitics program here at Catholic University. Whereas if you go to England, you know, you really do go in with the assumption, uh, not just England, if you go to UK, you go in with the assumption that you've got the coursework done and you dive into the writing process. So that's trim some years off, but it also 
uh, adds some intensity to it because you don't get to kind of ease in through the coursework. You jump right into the deep end. And as people will often point out, um, you know, in the United States, uh, if you begin the work, you get to the dissertation level, you take your comps, you get through your dissertation, you have a pretty good sense of whether or not you're going to pass that defense at the end of it, because people have been walking with you the whole way through. And for that reason, there aren't a lot of failed defenses in the United States. Whereas, as you know, Dr. Sutanto, yeah, you get to the end of your, you know, in the UK system, you get to the end of that writing and there's, there's a chance it's much more common that you'll fail your viva mm -hmm. and uh, you know, you'll walk away with a master's instead of with, with the defil. Yep. And, that's a reality. That's that's a risk you have to take on when you uh, when you sign up for those kind of programs. So being aware of the different kinds of programs out there, I think, is a big one. For some people, the UK degree may be a really good fit, and for some people, the American degree may be a, a good fit too. But either one that you pick, it's going to be grueling. It's going to be difficult. And as as one person told me, pick a topic, therefore, that you love so much right? That it'll get you through that scholarship because by the end of it, I don't care how much you love the topic. Maybe you, could, maybe you felt differently about Bob Inc. But no matter how much you love the topic, when you get to the end of that degree, when you get to that defense, you're ready to do anything but that topic mm. <laughs> from there on out. So if you don't love it on the front end, there's a good chance that you can burn out halfway through. And I, I saw a lot of people burn out mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they were pleased and 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 uh, and happy to move on and go do something else, but they didn't get to the end of the degree. And I think partly that was because um, a variety of reasons you know, could could influence why someone doesn't get through the whole degree. And a lot of them are, are good, healthy reasons, like you know what, this isn't great for my family. I need to move on and do something else. But there's also the side of it that's just you know I jumped into a topic and I wasn't that zealous about it, and I just got sick and tired of it. And I can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that I heard uh, when I was starting out the PhD or when I was considering, I can't remember exactly when, was that if you could imagine doing something else other than the PhD, then you should do that something else instead. That's yeah, like Spurgeon's advice for pastors, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very true. And I think, you know, what, what Dr. Red there is saying is exactly right, that you could actually get so burned out in your topic. In fact, you know, actually for about six months to a year after my Viva, I spent time just reading uh Bonaventure, medieval theologian, <laughs> and John Webster, and just to avoid anything Bob Inc. related, um, because I wanted to get my mind off of that. And I think that another th another uh, factor to consider is that the job market is really difficult too. Such that if you could consider anything other than the PhD, then you should probably do that because um, the job market's tough. You know, not everyone uh, gets gets located, and and doesn't mean that you have to be an academic if you do a PhD. There's lots of other avenues that you could consider, but it is definitely. Uh, you have to love your topic enough such that you can't imagine doing anything else but spend, you know, the next three, four, five years on that mm -hmm. subject matter. I will say a comment on the UK system. I do think that sometimes people can um, over-distinguish between the American and the UK program, even though what Dr. Red says is very true, that in the, in the American system, there's a, a coursework requirement that you have to go through two years or three years of coursework before you can do comps and before you could do the writing itself. In the UK system, um, which I greatly benefited from it, I think it depends on your personality. Um, all of the postgraduate seminars are open to the PhD students uh, at no extra cost. Well, firstly, yeah, I would tell you, if you have to pay for your PhD, don't do it. It's not worth it. 
Uh, but secondly, if you know you're already in in the UK system, you could sit in and take and participate and write for and present in all of the postgraduate seminars. So even though I had no required courses, I sat through lots of reading groups with David Ferguson. I, I sat through a Hegel seminar with Nick Adams and a medieval theology seminar, a um, Enlightenment theology seminar. And so uh, Christian-Muslim relations seminars, all of these uh, are, are open to you along with weekly postgraduate seminars. So don't just imagine the UK system as, you know, you're sitting in a room in the dark while you talk with your advisor yeah, once a month. Point. Well, you're, you're actually always engaged in an academic community and all of these options are open to you, but you can make the mistake, I would argue it's a mistake, of just sitting in the room because these are optional to you. So if yeah. you're the kind of personality that's going to, take initiative, you know what you want, you know what, what's going to be helpful for you, then I would say the UK system is very, very attractive indeed. Yeah. And I and I didn't mean that even as a denigration. Because it, it, I think of it in a very practical terms. Sometimes I'll have someone coming through and they can't dedicate, I think the average, uh, well, I checked recently, the average time, I think, to finish an American degree, PhD, is something like seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, ridiculous. Ridiculously yeah. long. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and so sometimes people are like, hey, I, I don't have the time for that. But yeah, you're right. And people in my field who who study in the UK, they, I mean, no one knows Ugaritic when they show up to class. You've mm-hmm. got to go take classes and learn Ugaritic. You've got to go take Akkadian. Mm-hmm. You know. You've got to take those classes, but it, it, it does often create a kind of a different timeline. Now, you said something really important there that someone told me as well. And I remember when they told me, it threw me off. And um, it's absolutely right. And I would say this, other than in very few circumstances, if you have to pay for your degree, don't do it. I remember someone telling me, you're too old to pay to go to school anymore. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of audacious. But what he meant by that, and I think what you mean by it too, is you need to go places where you've got funding. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be going into further debt because mm-hmm. of a PhD. Um, and just so you know, you're not going to be a lawyer. You're not going to be a surgeon. So if you go into a lot of debt, it's going to be really hard to pay that off. Mm-hmm. So look around for, you know, uh, look around for programs that have good funding, um, or maybe, you know, other kind of grants. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of grants available out there, uh, you know, where you can get help um, for your scholarship. But there does come a point, particularly, you know, you were single, Dr. Sutanto, mm-hmm. you know, particularly if you have a family, if you've got a wife and children, you know, you really want to be careful about saddling yourself with a lot of debt because right. of doctoral work. Yeah, I, I felt very, very, uh, with much conviction, I felt what, Paul says about the the joys and benefits of singleness while I was doing my PhD. <laughs> maybe afterwards, maybe at the time I was like, yeah, I don't know. But you know, afterwards I realized, wow, I went through uh, my master's and and my PhD work um, with with an ability to just focus on classes and research, and that was an amazing benefit. But of course, yeah. I love my wife and my daughter. Don't don't take that to be anything else. Amen. Yeah. Well, another thing, I mean, if you're going into areas, and this is kind of when you get down to the individual topics, if you're if you're thinking about, for instance, biblical studies, um, and I think this is probably true of of, uh, of systematics too, um, there is the ability when you get into the university, there is the tendency to start thinking, well, hey, this is you know this is kind of like the beginning and the end of truth in the world here with these colleagues. I'm surrounded by very smart people. Uh, they seem to feel like they have a monopoly on truth. And, and, and I might start to believe that that's the case too. And I think it's therefore very important for PhD students to, particularly if you're in theology, biblical theology, in other words, things that are 
sort of the deep teachings of scripture to stay rooted in a local church, even in terms of, of teaching and, and ministering in the local church. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult, I think, to keep your faith if you are disrupted or dis, disrooted out of the covenant community. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, what that looked like is partly it was just a necessity. I needed to make money. I did have a wife and children um, and had to make some money. And so I was a night watchman. That's one of the jobs I did because I could study at night while I was mm-hmm. sitting at that front desk. And another thing I did is I wrote curriculum for the high school program at our church so that we'd have Sunday schools on Sunday morning. And there was something about, I think, you know, doing a deep doctoral study on scriptures during the week and then having to explain scriptures to 13 year olds on the weekend Mm -hmm. that at the time felt very difficult. And it was, but I think looking back on it, I just thank God. I thank God for those Sundays that I had to go in there and talk to these kids about the gospel. Um, and uh, it really kept me rooted mm-hmm. in my faith and it really kept me rooted in uh, in the church, in the church community, because it's so easy. I, I, think, I think doctoral studies and doctoral programs, just because of the nature of what they are, um, give multiple opportunities for someone to start to think that they know, they know the true true and all the rest are, uh, yeah. are just popular or, or sort of, com, you know, only common people or something like that. That's the kind of thing that can happen in a place like a district, like a, like a, uh, a PhD program and scholars often have that reputation too. So yep. stay rooted in the church. Yeah. And it's so important to, to keep in mind that I think when, when a PhD does its job, you realize there's very little that you actually know. And actually I, I've met so many more PhDs that are more humble than master's level students, huh. right? Because they realize if they're going through the PhD, right? Well, okay, I've got the PhD now, but I feel like I know very little about, you know, yeah. what's there to know. So I think, uh, one of the benefits of the PhD is, is killing that allure of, oh, if you've got the letters behind your name, that means, you know, everything you're an yeah. authority. Then yeah. you realize actually, Hey, you're just moving from a sort of sophomore grasp to an understanding grasp that realize that you don't know enough. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And that's healthy. Yeah. If you can walk away with that kind of epistemological humility, that's a very healthy yeah. place to be. Yep. Any other advice for possible PhD? Uh don't don't wait too long to make a decision. Make a decision as quickly as possible. Yeah. That's good. On on the program. On the program yep. and whether you should do it or not. Yeah, it's not gonna get easier. That's yep. a good point. It's not gonna get easier, I'd say same thing. Um Look to if you're trying to figure out what program you'd like to go to, I'd say what. So when you read in your field, who are the scholars who really get you excited? Who are the ones that you say, this is what this is who I want to be when I grow up, you know, and look at those folks and start communicating with them and start reaching out to them. Yeah. And I'll say this to the 20 year olds out there. uh, Don't waste your 20s. You could oftentimes think about your 20s as, oh, this is the time for you to explore and do whatever you want, take gap years, things like that. Don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> I would suggest to you that, you know, capitalize in your 20s and I think work hard, keep your nose to the ground. I think that would be the best advice. And this advice has been given to me and I'm really thankful for it. On the tail side of it, say you've gotten through your degree and now you're done. Um, I'd encourage the same or similar advice for publishing your dissertation. Yes. I'd say get it out as soon as you can. The longer you wait, the more other people are going to write and the more you yep. have to update it. And when it's done, you just went through one of the best editorial processes yep. a person can imagine. Yep. So get it out there, start start shipping it around and see if you can get it in print. Immediately. And you can always add and work work on it more later down the road. Immediately. I did it the same week of my Viva. 
That's great. You got to do it. That's great. I, I wasn't that fast. I waited a couple months. I was single. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's the difference. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Satanto, for talking about this important topic. Uh, as I think back on my PhD, I have many, many fond and warm memories. And also remember just how stinking hard that thing was. But um, I look back into God's glory. Uh, I get to work with people like you now at RTS. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Look forward to seeing you next week. 